Christmas and children. I did, Joy. You did? Please enjoy our Christmas kids video. <laughs> church has added an advisory council to help us with uh, important executive decisions around here. Well, I took the liberty to create a junior advisory council, and they're going to help me with a very big question today. What is Christmas? All right, everybody get a cookie. I can't do it, This is important that we make Christmas cookies. All right, now everybody take some frosting. And you're going to take your frosting and you're spread it like this, okay? Daddy, I want some. Okay, you want some? So, can you guys help me with some questions about Christmas? Who showed up in Jesus' party? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, who was Joseph, Aiden? Was that Jesus' dad? Oh, he was? Yeah. So, in the Bible, it says that when Jesus was born, there was a heavenly host. Do you guys know what a host is? Yeah. It said there was a whole lot of them. Do you know how many? How many, how many angels? Two. Seven angels? Go ahead and get cookies if you want. Oh, you don't like these? No. Does anybody know anything about Christmas? Yeah, you know things about Christmas? Santa, uh huh. Santa has a present sound. Oh, Santa gave presents out. All right. Is that why we have Christmas? Or mm -hmm. yes, with the, with the shark looking time. It's Jesus' birthday. Oh, it's Jesus' birthday. <laughs> Guys, there's no GMOs in these cookies, so just um, <laughs> so you know. Because I never tried GMOs. Now, uh, oh, that's good. What do you know about the three wise men? Um, they went across the sea. Did the three wise men cross the sea? Now, what'd they do? How'd they get to Jesus? They flew. They flew? Wow, that's tough. They have to leave part of the wings. They went on. Oh, they flew his wings. They went on camels. Oh, they went on camels. Is it going to be math questions? Math questions? A couple of them. How many presents was Jesus given when he was born? Three. Three? What were they? Uh, incense. Incense? Uh, gold. Gold. What's, what's incense then? No, it's a scent of uh, paper bear. Oh, it's a scent of paper bear. Okay, <laughs> little plug for paper bear there. So, it's Jesus' birthday, so why do we even have Christmas trees for Jesus' birthday? Is he well, like trees or something? Well, something a good day. Decorations for his birthday? Decorations? Oh, <laughs> uh, Jesus and your dad? Oh, okay. I get that. there when Jesus was born? Yes! yes. yes. No! What did he, what did he do? He, he, he was being king Well, I think I learned a lot about Christmas and the wise men, the angels, Mary and Joseph. You know what? I learned a lot about myself too.
Testing, there I am. All right, wasn't that fun? Aren't y'all glad we have Chris so someone can, other than me can do that? I know I am. I'm so happy. So it's just fun to watch our kiddos learn about the Lord and learn about this season. So what we're going to do today is something a little bit different. Um, honestly, I could stand up here and just preach on the scriptures about the birth of Jesus, and we did that last week, and I felt like we just had a wonderful time of talking about the prophecies, even if y'all didn't, I did, I had a great time doing that, and and talking about how Jesus is the fulfiller of his word. And But today I want to talk a little bit about, and so Chris and Tom and I are all going to go for just a minute, about the idea of the revelation in this season. Because what we have to understand is is that we really... Even in a, in a culture that is really against much of what we believe, we have a season that all of a sudden introduces the idea of Jesus coming to earth. And, you know, and it's fine. Don't get all worked up about Santa trying to replace Jesus. He's no competition. You know, and sometimes we get so religious, like, oh, it's all about Santa. No, it's not. Santa is just, uh, is, is just another way of expressing, actually, a revelation we're going to look at today. And, and so what I want to talk to you about just for a moment, what we're all going to share is some th- kind of revelation that comes from this season. I mean, that it says in Corinthians, it says this, it says, but God has revealed it to us by His Spirit, and the Spirit is still revealing Jesus. The Spirit is still fiery and impassioned about Jesus, and He wants God's children to know about Jesus and who he is. And Christmas is a beautiful expression of that. And, and I feel like sometimes as Christians we get so worked up about like all these things that are going on and about Christmas tree and about family and all those things and all those things are good, but God, we got to remember the revelation of Jesus in it. The revelation, first of all, of the Christ, who is the base of the word Christmas, just so you look at the word, it's, it's, it's the coming of Christ. And so we recognize that God is still revealing. He's revealing what you don't know is when everyone is opening presents, whether they realize it or not, they're having a revelation of something. As we sing carols and as we, as we, we celebrate in a season, there's revelation going on. Yes? yes. Y'all are quiet today. So shake off Christmas cookies and Christmas parties here, and here we go. And I just want to encourage you that what is happening in this season is Christ is being revealed, His kingdom is being revealed, and then what really is going on in in that, the possible of heaven, is being revealed. Because God is always trying to show us the bigger picture of His kingdom, and that this world is temporal compared to where we're going. And who we are and the realm we can exist in. So, all right, so Tom, you ready? Do you have a handheld mic? That's going to help you there. All right, here we go. So Tom's going to come up and share. Amen. Merry Christmas. Hey, listen, um, as I was... I have two stories I want to share with you, and basically that's what I'm going to get to. But last night I felt like the Lord put, put those stories in a context for me. And that's what I want to share with you this morning is that context. Because sometimes we can, we can lose sight of the why that 
the why in what God's doing and the why, why we're living. But last night as I was praying, I was walking and, and uh, I had a great time praying last night. But you know what? I distinctly heard the Holy Spirit say to me one word, incarnation. And I wasn't praying about Christmas things. I wasn't praying about this morning. I just heard that word incarnation. And so it kind of stopped me for a second. And I began to just chew on that and think into that and pray about it. And I began to see things in a perspective that I want to share with you. And, and that perspective is simply this, that the incarnation literally was the fulfillment of prophecy calling Jesus Emmanuel, which means... God with us. Now here we, we, I'm just, all of mankind, including us, we're in need. Can you, can you see all of mankind from time beginning until now? We're in need. And God came to meet that need himself. Now I want to suggest to you that Mary bore that child. And that incarnation that happened 2,000 years ago, Mary bore the child, and he, and I love the song, from the manger to the cross. Then I'm sorry, I just couldn't help but sing in a few more words. From the cross to the grave, and from the grave to a throne. So that's a, that's a huge, uh, that, that was a, the, I've heard it said this way, the hinge of history hangs on a Bethlehem door. All history past looked forward to that time, and all history since has looked back towards that time. But I want to suggest to you that incarnation is not finished. I want to suggest to you that incarnation, in a sense, happens through us as well. And I'm suggesting to you that, the, that God came to us then and he's still coming today in us and we, like Mary, are burying the king of kings. Do you, I want you to see that. We are the bearers of the king now. Now, it's not like, you know, I'm not making the equivalent, uh, making us equivalent with Mary, but I'm just saying, but it's very similar And so we get the opportunity to usher in and to bear the king of kings into every circumstance and situation that we walk through. And I also want to say this. Now, listen really carefully now, because if I jump forward by 12 years, if it's if it's possible for Joseph and Mary to forget and lose their son. Do you think it would be possible for us to forget or lose sight of the king of kings that's inside us? Now I'm coming to the stories because I am suggesting that the, just the nature of the season that we, we can lose sight of what's really important. Here's a story. It's Telluride days. We lived in this log cabin, and I just want you to know from the day we were married, before we got married, Kathy and I shared this vision that we were someday going to live in a log cabin by a river in the mountains. It came to pass. Well, anyway, we lived there. Our, all our kids were little. And I, I distinctly remember one specific Christmas where I kind of got the feeling that things were getting out of hand. You know what I'm talking about? And so I talked to Kathy first, and then we brought the kids in, and we talked, and we said, kids, of course, I don't know how they would have answered if I, anyway, but I said, kids, 
Would you be okay if we took the money that we normally spent on Christmas and sewed that into another needy family? And I don't know what their answer was. I just know we did it. I don't remember if they were grumpy about it or not, but uh, I just remember, I distinctly remember. And I remember hearing a story, not a story, but I heard of a gravely ill uh, man with his wife and children. He was the one that was ill, couldn't work, in Redvale, Colorado, which was just west of us, uh, about an hour's drive. And so we took all our Christmas money and we bought that family. I don't remember. There was a number of kids. And we bought a bunch of presents. And then we called them up. I didn't know them. We called them up and said, we bought Christmas for you. Can we come over? And they said, yes. And I won't, I'll never forget walking in the door with my family in tow and all of us carrying stacks of presents and putting all that stuff over against the, the wall and under their tree for them, and then going back into the back room and praying for Dad. Now, I guess I'll get the opportunity this year to ask my kids if they remember that and what it meant to them. But the story's not quite done, and I'm sorry if this is the selfish part. Forgive me for this part. But I know we were Jesus, in a sense, to that family. And we walked in... We blessed their family. We loved on them. We brought them gifts. We went in the bedroom and prayed for him. But I'm telling you that we were bearing Jesus to them. Now, the story's not done. Uh, This is the, the part for my family. So anyway, we still had Christmas at our house, but it was only the Christmas that the grandmas and grandpas sent and mailed up to us. So, um... The day after Christmas, so but Christmas was much smaller. But the day after Christmas, the doorbell rang in that log cabin by the river in Telluride, Colorado, and the UPS man brought this huge, huge box that had been packed by a family that visited our church one time from Austin and were there to just go skiing. And they, for some reason, God put it on their hearts to send us a box of Christmas presents. And this is the day after Christmas, and my kids got to see that when you sow, you also reap. Now, I'm, I'm, I'm talking to you, I'm talking to you about being Jesus, being Jesus, wherever you're at, being Jesus in your community, all right? Because we bear him, and it is possible to forget him. Last story, and I'm done. This story now, because now we bear him into our families. You know, presents are great, but you know that there's some presents that are worth more than others? And I'm not talking about physical things right now. So with just a little bit of planning and initiative, we began a, a tradition in our household, a Christmas tradition, that... We wanted to give each other something that, that meant something to us. And this is what I wanted to say is we, I don't know how many years ago, but we started this thing where uh, in Christmas week we all gathered 
and we would put the kids to bed, and it would be about 9 o'clock, or we would shoot for starting at 9, but we'd get started late, and then we would go for hours as we actually gave, gave encouragement and prayer to everyone in the whole family. Now, our family's getting so big that uh, the last time we t- did this, it took us two nights. And um, I just want you to say that's the most valuable and memorable part of our family Christmas. Not, I mean, we love sitting around the tree and opening presents. That's fine. But the time together when we encourage each other and pray for everyone, we just draw the names out of the hat. and We just go by the names that we draw. But I'm, t- I'm just suggesting that that's being Jesus among our family. So as we think about incarnation now, let's, if you have, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pray for just a second. And I'm going to ask you to go ahead, close your, close your eyes right now, please. I'm simply going to give us just a moment of silence and the Holy Spirit is going to speak to you. And he's going to tell you maybe the name of a neighbor, maybe a coworker, maybe somebody that you heard of that's hurting. Maybe it's a family member that's struggling. I'm just letting us be quiet. Holy Spirit, would you speak the names of people and whoever he puts on your heart, Would you send them a text or call them or encourage them or go visit them or take them a gift or tell them what they have meant to you, but do something out of the ordinary? And I promise you, you'll be Jesus to, to those people. The Lord bless you guys. Hey, there we go. Good morning. Hi. Okay, I got to give some thanks to two people for working with the diva. Thank you, Melody and Amber, for making that video happen. Um, (laughs) All I did was put on a suit and show up and ask questions, you know. Melody spent hours, I think, editing that. And pray for my daughter. She has a rare disorder. She doesn't know how to sit in chairs. um, Just slips right out. So, Lord, lift her up. (sighs) All right. So... Let me start with a story. We're going to have fun today. Our, our general routine in our household is I read a story. We, we open the Bible, and we read our, one of our 80 children's Bibles. Uh, if you got us one, don't worry about it. We love them all. Um, we read one of our 80 children's Bibles to Evie, and then we'll pick out a story, you know, like Potty or uh, Nighty Night Sleepy Tight. That's a good one. Going to Bed Book. I love that one. And uh, these are classics. So we'll read that, and then we promptly hand Evie to mom, and they start rocking, and we pray, and we give kisses, and then I leave, and they sing together and rock. And so not so long ago, this happened, and I left the room, and I happened to pass by Evie's room again, and I hear jingle bells being sung in the room. And uh, all of you are going, that's, oh, that's so sweet and cute. Except for it was July. Um, <laughs> it was a little odd. But then I realized Bethany and Evie are the two happiest people I think I know. And I felt the Lord speak to me in that moment of, please don't just keep my joy contained to one season. <laughs> Yeah, oh yeah. 
don't worry. My son's like five months old. I still hold him up. I'm like, look at this. I co-created this. <laughs> He's already got a tattoo where I signed him. Uh, <laughs> So I I want to, as Tom says, I want to suggest to you that we are rooted in reason to celebrate all the time. That joy should be our portion. Thank you, Steve Backlund, for illuminating the verse to us. Joy is a third to the kingdom. So if we're not living in that, we're living short of what Jesus died for and what God wants us to live for. So I want to talk about three kinds of joy that we can learn from Christmas. Okay, come on, we got to have some fun. I won't even tell a single joke, just funny stories, all right? No bad dad jokes today. Unless you're naughty, that's my lumpy co- lump of coal. I'll stick in there. Okay, so the first one is the anticipation of joy, okay? Now, your kids get this one better than you. guess what dad five days until i does anybody keep advent calendars we always do advent calendars i'm at the point now i'm i'm in my 30s what can i say i just throw the chocolate away and just like open in the door um (laughs) no i give it to the dog um no i'm kidding i protect her so There's an anticipation. Sometimes you actually activate the same center of your brain with joy when you're thinking about the thing you want as if you are still receiving the thing you want. When you talk about a vacation you went on, you actually activate the same part of of your brain that was feeling that joy in vacation when you talk about it months later. It works on both sides. So it's that anticipation of joy, and this is illustrated well in... Uh, Luke, Luke one forty one. Let's turn there. Okay. Jesus is not even born yet. He's been foretold and really thank you, Tim, for, he was kind of the first one to illuminate this to me uh, of how amazing this moment is. So Mary and Elizabeth are both pregnant and then, you know, they get together and fellowship in this. And it says, when Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the baby, that's John the Baptist, the baby leaped in her womb and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. Whoa. Come on. No pressure, Theodore. (laughs) You got to start filling people in the spirit now. In a loud voice, she exclaimed, blessed are you among women and blessed is the child you will bear. But why am I so favored that the mother of my Lord should come to me? Whoa. The mother of my Lord. As soon as the sound of your greeting reached my ears, the baby in my womb leaped for joy. John knew what was coming. He may not have understood anything in his little brain, but his heart said, I'm going to baptize this guy one day, and it'll be one of the most epic days in history. The anticipation of joy hit him in that moment. So there you go. That's number one. Good things are coming. Declare that over yourself more often. Good things are coming my way. I'm anticipating joyful situations. Number two is joy in the moment. Living in that, expanding that, growing that. This one can be tough because sometimes we just let let joy pass too fleetingly. But I want to suggest to you that living in the joy of the moment, especially when Jesus was born, the whole world paused. And I'll give you a modern example. About three years ago, I think I was given one of the greatest, it's okay, it's all merriment. Um, I was given one of the greatest Christmas presents I've ever received. I'm going to tear up. 
I used to work in Austin and have to drive to North Austin two, three times a week. And Christmas Day, we were young parents. We thought we could do this. We thought we could do two Christmases in one day, New Braunfels, then drive to her parents in Round Rock. But as we drove 35, the whole world had paused, and I did 65 through the middle of Austin on 35. (laughs) It was the greatest. I might have pushed it to 70. Um, Just look at me. Um, (laughs) Took video or whatever. (laughs) It was awesome. There was no traffic. Why? It was Christmas. And whether you believe in Jesus or not, the reverence is the whole world pauses and takes a moment to be in joy in that. Let's read uh, Luke 2. Let's go to Luke 2 real quick. Luke 2.10. This is the shepherds are hanging out in the field. And all of a sudden, an angel of the Lord appears to them. Luke 2.10 says this, but the angel said to them, do not be afraid. I bring you good good news that will cause great joy for all the people. You can say Merry Christmas to whoever you want. Most people are going to be good with it. Don't let that, you know, all the PCs. There we go. Come on. (laughs) My cashier the other day was like, Merry Christmas. Like, you too, man. (laughs) We were getting it. The whole world pauses, and this great joy is for all the people. Three of my favorite ones, these wise men come riding along. You understand they were not Jewish, they were not Christian, but the whole world had to stop and recognize. Can I suggest that when when God's really moving, just like Scott, that was an amazing testimony you told today. When God's really moving, make the world stop in that moment. Don't just hand them the 20. Say, we're going to pause here. You've got five more minutes. We're going to pray. We're going to pause for the joy of the moment because God's doing something. We're going to recognize. Waiting on him is one of the greatest things I've learned how to do. And we all can receive it. All right. Still with me? All right. Number three. There are gifts so good that even if you hear about them, still receiving them is better than what you would hurt. There are things so good. I'll I'll give you an example. Thank you so much. There were so many wonderful people that blessed the principal this year um, with cards and candies and all sorts of stuff. And, um, well, you're like me. You talk about yourself enough. People will pick up a few context clues. I like board games. Now, when I say like board games, I don't mean like Monopoly, okay? I'm talking like, who's ever played King of Tokyo? Um, (laughs) Yeah, that's all my friends like with you. Um, and then, you know, like, if you know me, you, you hate me when you play Munchkin. Um, so if you've never heard of these games, all right. So there's, there's board games. And so somebody gave me one, and it felt like a board game. It shook like a board game. Come on. You still shake them. Uh, like, there's pieces in there. And I open it up, and there's this um, board game. It was from a teacher, and, you know, I didn't really know her too well um, before I started working for the school. And open up, it's code names. It is not Monopoly or Yahtzee. It's code names. I didn't own it, and I've played it, and I love it. And all of a sudden, I'm like a kid on Christmas morning in my office, like, yeah, somebody gave me this. It was better than I had ever expected. Who's ever received a gift before from somebody? You didn't know what was coming, but somebody knew you and gave you that gift. I think God knew you and gave you the gift of Jesus. Check this out. Matthew 2.10. Go over to Matthew 2.10. Okay. 
I mentioned it before, but the Christmas car ride traveling during the holidays can be certainly a thing. Man, major props to the wise men riding camelback um, all the way. Like, where's our GPS? Look up. Um, <laughs> just for the record, too, the porta potty had not been invented. Um, I just think of it must have been a struggle for these guys. And they're going to visit this king. And the one guy with the gold, I mean, I would sleep at night like, nobody get near this. Like, <laughs> I've got frankincense. We'll just set it over there. Nobody's going to bug it. Um, <laughs> I think about these things. Matthew 2.10. These guys come riding. They find the star. They find where Jesus is. And they go in. When they saw the star, they were overjoyed. On coming, I'm going to keep reading. On coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. This overjoyed. Can I suggest something to you? They traveled all this way, and some of us sometimes, have you ever gone to a tourist trap, and you're like, that's it? Can I suggest to you it was the complete opposite meeting Jesus? Of like, oh my God, I would have written five times the distance. I would have endured ten times more. To meet, and it's not like he spoke and gave them wisdom. His very presence was better than expected. It was like Solomon and Sheba, right? I've heard the tales of you, but nothing compares to the real thing. So that joy we get in the in Christmas is of wow, this is so great. I heard about sights and sounds. I heard about trail lights, all these things, and it was even better. When you encounter somebody that says, I've heard about Jesus, remember to tell him he's actually better than you've ever heard. So let's not just let it last for a season. Let's be rooted in a reason to celebrate all the time. Can we do that? All right. Y'all welcome, Tim. Hey, Chris, why don't you pray some joy on us, huh? Oh, yeah. Pray some joy on us. Okay. Um, We can't do the sitting down. Stand up. High five someone. (laughs) Tell them you look holly and or jolly. (laughs) All right. Here's the anointing you're going to get today, all right, because I feel like a specific one. Put your hands out right now. You're going to get that anointing where somebody's going to stop you soon, very soon. Someone's going to stop you and say, I want what you have. What's going on? Why are your kids so happy? Why is your family so beautiful? Why are you guys so blessed? Man, you look like the happiest grandparents I've ever met. And you're going to have the opportunity not just to minister the season or family stuff, but Jesus himself. So receive an anointing of joy to pour out a third of the kingdom on someone's head in an overwhelming way. You are a breaker right now of the humbug, Grinch spirit. (laughs) All year long. You break that right now, and you bring the joy of the season that's better than anyone could anticipate, and that will last longer than anyone could know. It's an everlasting joy. Amen. 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 Awesome. All right. Well, real quick, we're going to just do two. I had three, but the Lord told me it would be too long, so I have two. Um, but I, I just want to, I'm going to read you this verse out of the King James. So, Deb, if you could pop that up there, because I don't, Luke 2.14, says, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth, peace, goodwill towards men. And when I was praying about this, I was just asking the Lord about the season and, and what I love about it. 
And I think what I love about the season, just by observation, is how people are nicer to people in this season. There's a goodwill towards men. I was watching two people. uh, I was in Walmart doing a money gram for a missionary, and I was watching these people have an interaction at the door, and one of them said, Merry Christmas. And the other said, Merry Christmas. And then they started a conversation, and you could tell they didn't know each other, but it started out of a place of goodwill towards each other. And I felt like the Lord was revealing something to me that that is still in the atmosphere from the moment the angels declared this. That they actually released a place of goodwill, or the word in the Greek is actually favor, on men. And there's a goodwill that goes on in this season that I want you to see the revelation of God in. That, that people responding out of cheer and joy and, and, and kindness. Really, I love what, I, what I love the most is the exuberant kindness that goes on in this time, like like on Facebook, people hearing about families that don't have things and just, how oh, can we get there? Let's give them things. Let's, let's bless them. That doesn't go on in the rest of the time of the year most of the, in most settings. Right. In the church, it is our portion to carry goodwill all the time, right. to be the incarnation all the time, to be showing who Jesus is because we're walking in the revelation. But I love in this season, I want to tell you, use the goodwill on earth to express Jesus. To, to go to people and, and, and it's, it's, the walls are down is what I'm saying. The declaration of goodwill on earth has already made the walls come down in this season and you can just go be the light of the world without having to say much. And then when people respond, I tell you, say much. But goodwill towards men, it's one of the things that inspires me about this season. I feel like that the Lord is just is wanting us to even get cloaked and this is a, I'm just going to tell you exactly how I heard it cloaked in a new coat of kindness that something is, that we constantly are battling as we're counterculture to this world is that that we're we're so defending our position that I think that we forget that our position is love and kindness it's still in the love of the father and, and a lot of Christians are walking around and they're known as unjoyful, unhappy, unkind, and unloving people. And ungenerous. But if you look at the church, the church's base and foundation is love and kindness and generosity and an overwhelming place of kindness where you go. Because why? Love is kind. And I, I just want to encourage you right now to catch the revelation that I am a carrier of goodwill. I have goodwill pouring out of me. Why? Because I am carrying the very one that they, they were talking about who had manifested on earth in incarnation. So we're going to put on goodwill. And we're going to walk in the revelation of it. I believe that there's a whole world looking for people to love them. Looking for love. Looking for kindness. It's amazing to me. Sometimes I'll I'll be in a store and someone will just say, I can see love in your eyes. I'm not trying. Why? It's just Jesus on the inside. And I just want to encourage you in this place to be a people who pour out love 
And even undeserved love. Can I just say that? That's when it gets really real. The scripture says it's easy to love those who love you. It actually says even the world does that. But those who are not yet experiencing love or not loving back, that's who he's looking for us to pour love on. So goodwill, that's the first one. I did well on that one. Five minutes. The second one is this, though. What revelation is going on in this season that we have to get a hold of, and it's a generous father. The revelation that we have a generous father. And the whole reason even for gifts, and I even believe the gifts of the wise men are a natural expression or a prophetic statement about the generous father. Who came and gave him, if you actually look at the gifts, gave him exactly what they needed. He gave him incense, which is a celebration of birth. Gold for what they needed to walk out. The prophetic promises of even going and living in Egypt and all these things. And then myrrh, the significance of his death. They were, they were giving him the, what they needed. They were saying, hey, this is a prophetic expression of what you're going to need in your life. But also in that, we have to understand that there was a declaration of a generous father. The whole story is about God giving His Son. That's the whole story. You want to know what Christmas is about? This whole season? Why we decorate all these things? Because it is a celebration of a generous father. And I don't know about y'all, but I love being around generous people. Most of you know Dave and Deb Crone. Um, they're our spiritual parents. And there is nothing more fun than going to a restaurant with them. This is why. Because the minute we go into that restaurant, the battle begins. Who's paying for the check? I have to watch him the whole time. If he says he's going to the bathroom, I have to go to the people and say, do not let him pay. I, put, I give the hostess our credit card and be like, do not let them pay. Why? It's a battle generosity and when you're around generous people then you realize that these this is an environment of heaven this is what it looks like why because first of all it's fun who's going to win and if you if you're competitive of all that's the greatest thing i'm going to get the dub tonight on dave and most of the time i walk out with the l last time i was like did you call that in you call that in like there's no way you did that you know why because when you're around generous people it is a revelation of the generous father and this whole season of gifts and gift giving and don't get all weird like well it's just marketing and it's just made i mean yes there's some of that but let's celebrate the positive of it that listen the generous father spirit is being revealed in the season and the whole reason gifts are being given is a generous father. He, he declared, I'm going to give you my son. Amen. That's the whole point of this, this celebration we have. Why do we pause as a church and celebrate the birth of Jesus? Why? Because we want to tell you we have a generous father. We've got a dad that wants to give us everything we've ever needed. And I just feel like the Lord, it it started in my office this morning with just a place of ministry. But we've got to remember that everything we've ever needed is found in the Father. Every need you have in your heart, everything you've got going on in your life, every circumstance you've got going on right now, the answer is found in the Father. 
And he's wanting to give that away because he's generous. If you don't think he's generous, you'll actually deduct then that he's stingy. That it's hard to get healing. That it's hard to get what I need. That it's, this, this world is hard and, and God just stepped back and saying, do your best. And I want to tell you, that is not the attitude of our generous father. So I'm going to just tell you a story. Then actually, uh, Clint, my friend, is going to come up here and help us as we talk about the love of God for a minute. But I, this whole place of a generous father was, was given to me through an amazing example. And how many of you grew up in a, in a household where you did what we call Christmas tree? Where you get and people gathered around and there's the giant stack of presents and then somebody went and handed them all out, right? And then if, if, if you're like my family, they knew how to drag it out forever. You opened one at a time. And the weird thing is that my family, they did it youngest to oldest or oldest to youngest. And I was like, youngest, baby, youngest, because I was the youngest grandchild on that side until this other one came along and took my spot. <laughs> but it was fine. They were quick, and I was second. It was good. But when they did it the other way, oldest to youngest it was like torture and 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 so that was christmas tree right anyone ever do that y'all have that if you don't have it it's it's fine i I think you can see the picture and so my mom my my dad's parents we called them mama and granddaddy and they had a parlor what that meant is there was a room you never went in all year it had a piano. It had some really old furniture that you weren't allowed to sit on. And if you went in there in the summer, you were in trouble. But guess what? That room was where we had Christmas tree. And we would get in there, and it was not big enough for all the kids and all the grandkids. And we would cram in. My grandma would play Christmas carols on the piano. She played the piano or the organ at their Baptist church for 60 years. When she could hardly remember her name, she could still play all the songs. And she would just get in there. And and then my grandfather, we called him granddaddy, would open the scriptures. He would read Luke 2. And he said, I want to remind you two things. First of all, we are blessed in this household to be able to do this. Never once did we ever do it that I don't remember him telling us of the family that they also blessed. Not once do I ever remember him saying something about the gifts where he didn't say, I found a family and we've also blessed them. And he would share about the generous father and he would read Luke 2 and then he would remind us the whole reason we're doing gifts is to remind you of the gift of Jesus. Now, when you're eight, and you're hoping for your NES game. You don't really value that. But when I look back now, of those moments where my grandfather opening his Bible and reading the scriptures to us and pausing and taking a moment and saying, just remember, we've got a generous dad. And he would always mention of the prosperity of why we were able to buy those gifts. And he would say, God told me, to buy a piece of land. And that piece of land is where the mall sits now. And from that place, 
we have been blessed beyond our dream, hopes and dreams. He would remind us that. Why? Because he wanted us to know we have a generous father. And I want you to walk out of here today knowing that you have a generous dad. And that's the revelation of the season. That's what's going on. There's love for you that you've maybe never experienced before from this generous dad. I'm not talking just about the love of salvation. I'm talking about the love you need for every day. I'm talking about the love that you, that you have in your hurts and pains. Maybe Christmas right now is not a joyful season for you. It reminds you of broken home. It reminds you of no presence and lack. Maybe it just reminds you of like, I just don't really enjoy much of my childhood. I know that Christmas is really big for some people and other people like, I don't want to talk about it. But I want to tell you today that doesn't stop the revelation that you have a generous dad. And he wants to come and meet you right now. He wants to come pour his love in into those places I just mentioned. And what, here's the greatest thing. Love always comes with redemption. So Clint, would you come on up here? This is Clint. I want to call him a man of God. And he huh. came up to me earlier and he that. said, I've got this scripture in my heart. And I said, it's my closing <laughs> so I'm just going to turn him loose for a, a second. Generosity battle here. Come on, stealing, do it. Your, stealing your limelight. Good no, morning, everybody. It's all good. Uh, yeah, Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Yeah. yeah. Anybody had a Grinch this season? That's gone. Oh, you know, this is a pagan holiday. Anybody had that? You guys need to get out more. Yeah, yeah. They're everywhere. Yeah, they're everywhere. I had somebody the other day say, yeah, you've got a Christmas tree in your house. It's a pagan thing. I was like, I better research this. Anybody know why you've got a Christmas tree in your house? Your wife said so. <laughs> That's my reason too, man. We need to spend some time together. Uh, yeah. You know, the pagans, it is a pagan thing. The pagans used to have fresh cut branches in their houses. Why they do it is because it would be the start of winter. And it was a reminder to them that there was life to come. That's where we got it from. They would put fresh cut branches in the house to remind them that life was going to come still. Never look at your tree the same, huh? Right. You're welcome. So I just learned the other day as well. Now I sound like the expert. But the whole agenda of heaven, the whole agenda of Jesus was life. There's nothing about death throughout his, throughout his journey on earth, throughout his journey. Even the cross is not about death, it's about life. And took the symbol of death and turned it into life. When newborn babies are born, we come around and celebrate life, right? Right, It's yes. all about life. So we celebrate life. Everything is about life. And if that's the agenda of heaven, then the agenda of the enemy is to steal life. And the sense I had this morning is that one of the attacks we face is that we can sit within these moments, and they're great to celebrate and everything. We can sit throughout the year within going, oh, yeah, God came, yeah, I accepted Jesus into my life. Yeah, I have this relationship, but it's on and off, or it's struggling, or it's that. But do you have that surety of salvation in you? And I have the sense that there are a few here today that don't have that surety in your heart. And yet you are in this relationship with God. You're there. But somewhere in your heart there's that niggle going like, yeah, well, I don't know, though. Do I know? Do I know? It's amazing to me because some of the greats of the faith always had this question. They'd spend time with God going, I don't even know if I'm saved. And yet they were doing these amazing works. To the point where even Paul writes, and I love this scripture, 
he speaks about this element of predestination, and I'll leave you with this. Good luck covering this one up the next couple of weeks. Anytime you mention that word, everybody freaks out, you know. So, I'm not afraid. Right? But this whole agenda of heaven, that you, the predestination was for life, for you, to be Christ-like, and Christ was the very life giver. You're predestined to life. That's amazing that you can't do anything to get that. If that's the agenda of heaven, Jesus, the very creator of life, comes in into the human realm to restore life. To restore life. What can you do to earn it? What can you do to deserve it? Nothing. But yet his agenda is life. And Paul ends up writing and says, For I am persuaded. And my question to you today is, are you persuaded? Yes. He says, I am persuaded. That neither death nor life. Why does he say life? Because even life can sway our persuasion. Do you remember that you have brand new life within you in the good times and the bad? Do you only lean towards that when times are bad? He says, I'm persuaded in both those times. Death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities. Don't you love those parts of your Bible? (laughs) Nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Come on, Jesus. Jesus, our Lord. Yeah, Jesus. The agenda is life. And so my, my prayer for you this season is just that you remember this is a season of life. And the whole world celebrates it. They do. Even if they don't know. That's it. And so won't you just stand with me for a second. Just put your hand on your heart. You know, like I said, there's a surety of faith. And you might be visiting here today. You might never have made that decision. But you know what? It was for everybody. There's a God that stepped out of eternity. The creator of life. Came in human form. He didn't have to. He could have just appeared. Right. Yes. Yet he came... To co-labor. And yet the greatest gift it gives us, that of eternity, that of that it is well with your soul. He decided to co-labor on the outworking of that. He gives it for free, but we have to receive it. We have to know, hey, that surety is in my soul. It's in my spirit. It's in my inner core. And so, Father, I just, I just invite you, Holy Spirit, to bring surety of faith. Just surety of faith, Lord. Father, your plan, your blueprint, your absolute resolution of heaven was life father i pray that doubts be removed today i pray that the gift of your presence the gift of salvation the gift of surety of faith of connection of relationship of sonship of daughtership father we declare every boundary to fall to the ground in the name of jesus we are persuaded as your people yeah, I just, I just feel like just the Holy Spirit is so in here right now. And if there's anyone who doesn't, has never made that decision. So you have to have Jesus to become part of the family. That's just how it works. It's just if we believe in Jesus, Jesus made a way from death to life. And if, if that's you right now, we're going to have teams up front for prayer. I just want to invite you to come. Just say, I just want to receive Jesus as not just a baby, but as my Savior, my Lord, 
my king, my friend. And I want to live in this love that y'all are talking about. If that's you, and maybe you need some prayer for that assurity of faith, like I've received it, but I just want to come and seal it with prayer today. We're going to have teams up front for that. But I just want everyone just to put their hands up. We're going to end like this. We've got a generous dad. He gave us his very best. It's really interesting that he didn't have a lot of sons and he picked one. He had one son and he gave him. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son. Whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. I just want you to know right now, that same spirit of generosity the Father is releasing on us today, right now. I'm a generous dad. I'm giving you what you need. You need a Jesus. You need life. You need answers. You need freedom. I'm giving you what you need right now. Right now, just for 10 seconds, I just want you to think of something that you need from the Father. Not in this realm. That you need from the Father. And just let Him give it to you. Say, well, that's big words. He wants to do it right now. We just receive from you, Dad, everything we need for life and godliness. In Jesus' name, amen. Yes, and just in that, spirit of generosity we have a special gift for everyone we have a table of ornaments different styles different kinds just pick your favorite and take it home and put it on your tree will you we just want to say merry christmas to everyone and we uh for those of you who we won't see on tuesday merry christmas have a wonderful time with your families but otherwise we will be here on tuesday at six six to seven for a special service